Jesus here in the life of the Son. I'm going to bless you with a beautiful morning today, and we're going to get into the Word. And let's pray. Father, we thank you for this beautiful morning that we get to gather together, and when two or three gather in your name, your presence is here. And I bless my brothers and sisters, I bless everyone here, even on the people online listening. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> okay, we're, we're in a series, we're going to continue the series called Salt and Light. And at the end of this series, we will be able to have the biblical understanding of how the cross and resurrection of Christ are at the center of God's plan to bring wholeness and restoration to the world, enabling the church to be agents of His plan and renewal. And when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we weren't just saved from our sins and restored into our relationship, but we are called to be salt and light of the world, extending God's power and love to restore all humanity, creation, and the world to himself. So we're going to read in Matthew 5.13, and this is where uh, the, the title comes, uh, Salt and Light. So Jesus talks about salt and light, so let's read Matthew 5.13. And it says there, You are, the word there, is right there already, God, Jesus is defining of who you are. It's not saying who you may be or who you might be. It's saying who you are. And that's, you are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? Will it be thrown out and be and trampled underfoot as worthless? You are, there it is again, you are. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your Heavenly Father. So Jesus tells us who we are. We are the salt. We are the, we are the light. And let's unpack what that, what's, what's, uh, what's that scripture saying. Salt imparts influence. So that's us. We should be imparting influence everywhere in the world. Light. Light attracts to safety. When people come to us, they ought to be safe. We ought to be a safe, uh, 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 safe people, open up so people can come to us and pour out their hearts and give them healings and what they need. So it's a city on a hill. The city on a hill, it attracts, but it doesn't do good to anyone if they don't go to that, to that city. So the city on the hill actually invites. It's an invitation. What is an invitation to? Invitation for safety, refuge, nourishment, and shelter. It's an invitation. So we ought to be inviting people to us because we, who, who lives in us, and that's Jesus. It's an, it's an invitation. So the Lord defines us in these terms. He's actually des describing the nature of Christ and how it is to affect the world around us. So we ought to be affecting everyone, everywhere we go. So the nature of salt, it needs to be sprinkled evenly over the food. When, when, when you don't sprinkle uh, salt on food, when you don't flavor it with salt, <laughs> you know what it is. It's bland. It doesn't have any good taste. So it's not complicated. Jesus said, you're the salt of the earth. If the salt has lost its flavor, it's good for nothing. What does it need to be? Do, uh, what do you need to do with it? Toss it to the side so it will be trampled on. So salt adds flavor. Salt actually enhances the food that we eat. But... Would we, uh, this, but we would never do this, though. <clears throat> Not this. I need a drink. <clears throat> so we won't do this with a salt shaker. We won't 
you know, unscrew the top, pour all the salt contents on your plate, on the side of the plate. We, we won't do that, would we? Okay, but I want to ask you, do we do that as a church? Do we, uh, do we do that? As a church, does this statement sound true about us? Do we, do, we, do we make sure that we just huddle together and stay together because we don't trust the true nature of God, the righteousness of God in us to allow ourselves to be sprinkled throughout society? Are we afraid of being contaminated from the society so that we're here in the, in the side of the plate instead of being spread out all over? Yet the influence that we were supposed to bring, supposed to con- we are supposed to contribute it to society. And we actually have the life. Uh, we, have the, we have the answer to life's problems. And we are able to destroy the works of the enemy. So why did Jesus say we have to be the uh, city on the hill? So that we can light up the whole world. And why do we put lights on the ceiling? And why not on the ground? So when we put the lights on the ceiling, it lights up the whole room. I don't know the social statistics is on Guam, but if you go outside and you can see there's a growing number of homelessness. The, the suicide rate is increasing. Violence in the home has increased. Crime rate has increased. Suicide's high. Let, let me remind you that we are the light of the world, not the light of the church. Our light is supposed to be in the position of the world. The only way the, uh, it gets brighter in the church, if the world gets darker, if we put a basket, if we become a basket, and that only happens if we misposition the light. If the world gets darker, darker what, we do, what do we need to do? We need to rise up more. I want to remind you that you're not a little light. That little light is in you is, is not little. It's Jesus. Jesus is a mighty light. He's righteousness. He's, he's faithfulness. He's the son of God, the living God, and he lives in us. Worldliness is our problem, but the world is not. Actually, a real enemy is not people, but principalities. I believe transforming the peop- people's heart and mind will help solve the problems of our island. Transforming the heart, transforming the mind, that's the key to defeat the works of the enemy. And we actually have the solution. We have the key to, all, to, 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 to solve all those problems. And that is Jesus. And he lives in us. We are the ones that we should be the one that's influencing our island and our culture. We, I believe we cannot let ungodly teachings or influence those godly influences to influence our nation our, and, and, our island, and our island. And debating, fighting people, saying who's right, who's wrong, that's not the solution. You know what is? Leading people to Jesus. Loving on them the way that Jesus will and teaching them so that their hearts and their minds will be transformed. And there, there's a lot of problems in, the, in, in our island, in the world, that we, what we face. And I want to let you know that our battle is not against people, but it's against principalities. And we could read that in, in Ephesians 6.12. 6, uh, because if you don't know, there's a massive war that wants to shape the mindset of a people. And the spirit that's working to, to, wants to be the cultural architect of this world. And it says there in Ephesians, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. 
I did a word study there about the word principality. Principality means origin. So you can read it like this. Our struggle isn't against flesh and blood, but against origin. So the spirit of origin, this principality, he really wants to change the world, and he's really hard at work at it. The spirit of origin will say things like, are you really in the, ma- are you really in the ma- image of God, or are you an evolutionized ape? The problem is with evolution, it takes you out of being a son of God or a daughter of God and makes you a smart ape. You know why? This origin doesn't want you to believe that you believe that, you are, uh, that God is your father. And here's another one. Is that really a child? Or is it a fetus? It looks like a baby. It really looks does. You take a picture, it looks at everything, but it's a fetus. It's just a piece of flesh, like a hangnail. Are you really a boy? Maybe you're a girl. Let's look at the science. The DNA says that you're a boy. You, may, you even have a penis, but maybe you're a girl. Are you supposed to marry the opposite sex? Why can't you choose your own sexuality? These are the problems. This is what the principality what wants to change the mindset, wants to change the culture of the world. And this is what, what, what we go up against. And in 2 Corinthians 10.3, it says, We are human, but we don't wage war against humans as humans do. We use God's, weapons, mighty, uh, God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human, of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. So what are, what are the uh, strongholds? Thoughts. The thoughts in your head, like the what ifs. Thoughts that are not of God. When, when you have thoughts that are not of God, that does, those that does not inspire hope, those are not from God. And those thoughts can be like, that, that would lead to depression, oppression, isolation, fear. And those things will cause all these, uh, uh, the problems of the world. And because of those thoughts, the principality wants to break up the family unit. And he's doing that through those thoughts, because of those strongholds that people start to believe. Because of depression, oppression, isolation, fear. And all those things, whatever fear seems like to you. And, and, the, and this breaks up the family unit, distorts your true identity, keeps people, from, uh, keeps people in a poverty mindset. There's fatherlessness, there's hate, there's racism, and immorality. This origin really wants to redefine identity and our purpose. But there's good news. The good news is Jesus can heal you. And he can and he will give you peace if you let him into your life. And we are here to help. The church is here to help. And we are the salt and light. And that's what, uh, what we want to bring. And that's our, true, uh, that's our identity and that's our assignment to be the salt and light. And we're going to go to one of our main texts is in Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 through 5. What I want to show you here is the characteristic of God and the anointing of God. And that anointing of, God, of Jesus is also in us. So that we can be the salt and light of, this, of the world and on our island. And in verse, four, uh, verse 1, it says, Out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot. Yes, a branch bearing fruit from the old root. So I did a word study there, and, and this, this symbolism here is talking about Jesus. Isaiah is prophesying about the coming of Jesus Christ. Even before Jesus came, he knew. And verse 2, And the Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, 
the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And I did a word study here on, on this. And there's a, uh, what, what Isaiah is prophesying there, there's an anointing that goes on Jesus. And, if you, if, and I counted it, there's seven. There's seven anointings. And there's a significance of the number seven. And the, the, the significance of that is completion. And let, let me go over it with you. When it says the Spirit of the Lord, when you see all caps, Lord means God. So God, the Spirit of God. God comes upon Jesus. Wisdom. Spirit of wisdom. And I did the word study there. It says the second one, wisdom. Skill. means skill. Not skill in like being a carpenter or mason. God, uh, the Spirit of God of skill, of war, of having uh, success in battle. No hard to battle. Wisdom. Wisdom in administration and shrewdness. Shrewdness means God's power of judgment. The spirit of understanding, discernment, the ability to judge well. The spirit of counsel. And that, what that means is advice, counselor, advisor. And the spirit of might, strength, valor, bravery, mighty deeds of God, mastery. And the spirit of, uh, the spirit of uh, knowledge, cunning, perception. And last one, number seven, the spirit of fear. Or the, uh, the, the spirit of fear of the Lord. And there, respect, reverence, reverencing God. So what's the purpose of Isaiah's prophecy here? There's a Savior, and He has come. And He is anointed. He is righteous. He is faithful. He will bring justice, and He will right the wrongs. Isaiah prophesied the Messiah of Jesus Christ. And Jesus didn't just come to redeem us from our sins. And He also came in what it says in 1 John 3, 8. That Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Transforming the mind is the key to defeat the works of the enemy. And all the, 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 the works of the enemy, which I mentioned earlier, that's what he, he came also to defeat. So we are the salt. We are light. That's our true identity. That's who we are to be. And that's who we are. When you invited Jesus into your life, he now lives in you. All those anointing, what I just mentioned, it's in you. It's available for you to operate, to be the salt and light, to influence our island, to influence everywhere that you go. Everywhere your foot is at, you have that, that power and authority in that area to influence that, that place of influence. We ought to be the salt and light in our home, in our workplaces, everywhere. And in uh, verse 16 in Matthew, if we could go back to that, it says, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your Heavenly Father. Now what if we become the church that, that, that when people come out here healed, saved, and delivered? What if we become the church that when people here come here broken, but they leave as world changers because, because of Jesus? When, we, uh, 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 bring, when, when they receive them as Lord and Savior. Now we... we, we can, in our home, we, could, we need to be the salt and light in our home to our children, to our grandchildren, even to our spouse. Tell your children that you love them. Tell, tell your, your children that you're proud of them. Spend quality time with them. Get that heart-to-heart -heart connection with them. Even with your spouse, tell them that you love them and show it through action, through your words. Not just words, but through action, I mean. Be that salt and light. When we invited Jesus 
He now lives in us. The anointing is in us. So in Scripture, it says, As Jesus is, so are we. Christ in us, the hope of glory. It is no longer I that lives, but Christ who lives in me. So let's stand up for what's right and stand up for what's godly. So, so those ungodly influences will not come into our home, into our, uh, in our workplaces, and anywhere that we're at. So let's, I pray that we be led by the Holy Spirit and not by guilt or shame, but motivated by love to, to be the, lot, the sun light in our, in our place where we live, where we're at. Not, to lo- not so that people can love us, but to love others. And not to earn God's love either. Now, how do we fight? By being loved and be the salt. Know who you are. Know whose you are. And be like Jesus. Now, we're going to be, cl- we're going to be closing real, uh, real, uh, uh, real soon. And I want to pray a blessing over each and every one of us. To, to be that salt and light in our community and everywhere that we, we are so that the good deeds that we, what we do glorify God. Not to glorify life in the sun, not to glorify ourselves, but for God to be glorified. And, and if you can put, place your heart, a uh, hand in your heart, and I'll, I'll just pray, pray for each and every one of us. We thank you, God, for your mighty word that you said and what you have declared over us, that we are the salt and light. God, that we are the city on the hill, that we bring light to everywhere that we go, and that where darkness is, it flees because of you, because you're mighty light. And I pray your blessings on each and every one of us that's here and even people that are listening online, that we, that we will be the sunlight upon everywhere that we are, that we bring love, that we bring love and compassion, and that we put all the, the depression and the hate and the, 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 what the world is throwing at us, that we will be the salt and that we will be gone because of, because of who you are. And I pray that blessings of Holy Spirit to be upon us and that we'll live out of who we are and that Christ in us, the hope of glory. In Jesus' name, amen. And there's another group of people that I would like to uh, pray for. Now, if this is, uh, if, you, if you haven't experienced God and if you would like to experience Him today, and you have that, you have that, uh, uh, that, that unction in your heart, or if you feel that, that, that pitter-patter in your heart that, that you want to know Him, or in your mind that you want to know who Jesus, who Jesus is, and you want to have a transformed life, I'd like to invite you, to, to, uh, to invite you into His life right now. And the process is, you know, uh, to know that you're a sinner, and that you want to get rid of sin and be transformed and have a renewed life. And I would like to pray with you. And if, uh, if you would raise your hand, and I'll, I'll, I'll pray with you right now. Okay. Father, I just pray your blessings. Uh, I just pray your blessings upon each and every one of us as we go out th- throughout the week that we will continue to be the salt and light of this world. Amen. Now, uh, if you would like to have received prayer, if there's anything that we would, uh, we would like to pray for you, and we have a lot of ministers here that would pray for you and would like to get to know you. And those of you who are first-time visitors, we, uh, we'd like to meet you over there in the corner. And, and other than that, I want to bless you. Have a great week. And Jesus loves you. And Happy Easter.
Elevated 